I don't know about you, but sometimes I just want to kick back and watch a bomb ass chick flick with my boys. Chick flicks. They make us laugh. Chick flicks. They make us cry. Chick flicks. Shedding light on the complex emotions between girls and guys. Unwashed kids carrying pants that travel. I forgot Q sack was in that one with candles. A pack of wolf boys take on some vans. And don't forget steps and no square dance. You complete me, said a boy Maverick. Oh shit, that's Turk and Ant-Man. As if. Paul Walker's a dick for posing that bet. Who knew makes said, that's so fetch. I found my spirit animal in Swayze. When he dick punched the corner and pulled out babies. Saying this aloud may sound a little crazy. But this pod's gonna bring Alex love. Yeah, this is like torture, revenge, and giants. The sprite isn't one. I'm not buying. We love when that French girl poses for Django. And Obi-Wan's pen singing Roxanne's tango. Expensive clothing stores. Fitness take huge. The Joker camping. I wish I knew how to quit you. We're watching the good, the bad, and everything in between. With color commentary provided on every scene. So thanks for joining us. We feel so very lucky. Let's make one thing clear. We picked up. Prepare to get your earballs wet. It's Chick Flicks with Dicks. Hey everybody, welcome to Chick Flicks with Dicks. I'm your host, Zach Stein. With me as always, co-host extraordinaire, Alex Schumacher. Maker. And joining us for the first time, Mr. Dave Reynolds. Hello world. Alex, what movie are we doing today? We are doing Thelma and Louise. The 1991 classic Thelma and Louise. Some would say cult classic if you followed them like they were like, you know, gods in a way. I don't know. I'm wondering if there was an immediate body count in the Grand Canyon following this film. Spoilers! So, today, we're just gonna dive right in. First off, this is a Ridley Scott film. No so, aliens. No aliens, unfortunately. I think we were all a little disappointed in that, even though the very first scene opens up in a diner, which made me automatically think about the alien busting out of the guy's stomach on Spaceballs. Which also took place in the diner, which made me think of Ridley Scott. You know, that's weird, because I think Spaceballs was the first one to ever do that. Mel Brooks, man, he's a visionary. I do like him. Oh, I love him. How old is he now? Uh, dude, don't say that. He's, let's he'll, let's he'll be, not. He'll let's be, not talk about it. Uh, he'll be dead tomorrow if we say his age. I have not put him on any of my celebrity death lists, so... And no one, else, and, and and no one put Gene Wilder down when he died, so... Ha, ha, has anybody true. checked on Betty White recently? I won't. I refuse to put her down out of respect. She's dabbing somewhere. We're good. I'm sure. You're right. You're right. <laughs> she doesn't even need to use words anymore. And still, best line she's ever spoken in a movie ever is, if I were had a dick, this is where I'd tell you to suck it. And that took place in Lake Placid of all I remember films. that. Such a shit piece of film that, honestly, I love to this day. I, it's one of my favorite terrible movies. Uh, Thelma and Louise. So, uh, starting out, this film runs through the friendship of two women. Uh, what are their names? Sh- well, Thelma and Louise. Oh, are you sure? <laughs> you, think you think that's one, a coincidence? I'm 100% positive that that's it. Otherwise, I'm completely lost with what we just watched. <laughs> I think this is the first case of foreshadowing in a title. That it might, uh, of all the ones that we've had, yes. Yeah. Because I will say, episode one, they never seemed like a true sisterhood, nor did the pants themselves travel alone. They always had to have someone shipping them, mm-hmm. you know? So in my mind, no, that didn't count. Uh, love, actually. I didn't really always feel the love, actually. What was the third one we did? Heartbreakers. There, heartbreakers. And uh, no no one's heart actually got... No. I mean, unless you count... Ray Liotta. His heart got broken. Nah, but it was healed at the end. It wasn't truly broken. But he it was, was really, broken in the beginning of the movie. I think it was... It's, it was a, cracked. It was cracked. It was is a crack fractured. a break? It's not a break. It was a break is like all fractured. the way. Well, think right. about like if it was like a statue and the dick breaks off. Is that a crack or a break? Well, that only depends on if the dick breaks off in the mouth of the guy who had a heart attack. Ooh, his heart broke. It did. Boom. Yeah, okay, he, so. he literally fucking died from a cracked heart. <laughs> Broken heart. Gene Hackman. 
Thank you. So I stand corrected. What a fucking hack. Thelma and Louise is not the first. <laughs> kind of taking a step back. Uh, Gina Davis plays Thelma. You might recognize her from like Beetlejuice and A League of Their Own. Honestly, I, one of my favorite actresses from any late 80s, early 90s film. Really, I talked about this earlier. I'm a little disappointed that she didn't do more after like the mid to late 90s. I know she's shown up on television series here and there. And then Louise played by the always wonderful Susan Sarandon, who is one of my all-time favorite actors actors in general so uh, regardless of gender however you may identify gender alex <laughs> i think it's like a pair of jordans some shit like that uh yes a pair of air jordan 11s size yeah 11, with size dr 11. shell's gel insoles yes yeah that is my gender anyone here that's interested feel free to check out alex's facebook page ladies <laughs> only ladies which is really he funny. says but he means gentlemen gentlemen oh david reynolds slayer of women and slur of words <laughs> you're not wrong <laughs> so the first scene starts out we're in a diner in like a little small town turns out to be in arkansas which we found out later only because of the license plate on the car that they travel around in throughout the movie and susan sarandon's character louise is working as one of the servers there then she is finishing up her shift and calls gina davis's character thelma and asks her if she, Thelma, had asked her husband for permission to go on this weekend getaway with her yet. Well, her husband, probably one of my favorite villains of all time in cinema history. Um, <laughs> dude just thinks he's the fucking shit. He is a regional manager of a car dealership. Carpet dealership. Carpet? What? Yeah, he is a carpet salesman. Not oh, car. Oh, God. Carpet. I thought it was a car dealer. <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck him then. Yeah, but no, uh, but like, even like halfway through nope, the movie. that makes him even better. <laughs> I mean, in a way. <laughs> You're not the only one to think it was car dealer. <laughs> <laughs> but um, halfway through the movie, though, like, he always wears bling. He's got rings on him all the time. He looks like a Shooter McGavin clone. <laughs> <laughs> Same actor, for those of you wondering. <laughs> Um, and not only that, but if you add like 15 years on him, he'll look just like Carl from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Oh, side note. If you don't know who Shooter McGavin is, get the fuck out of this podcast. <laughs> but please donate to our Patreon. That probably does not exist yet. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> but, um, but halfway through the movie, he like even changes like his bling and he's got a necklace on that says, I'm no that just says number one. I'm just like, God damn, this dude is just dripping and oozing with self-confidence. I want to be this motherfucker. He's like the opposite of you. <laughs> You're like, he's everything I want to be. He's like, yes. Like, well, you think he'd like, I don't know. He he seems like a guy who always pushes the shag carpeting like 20 years past the prime <laughs> of it. But he can sell it. You know, like, he's the regional fucking manager of a carpet dealership. He's the anti-Michael Scott. <laughs> yeah. I love everything about Michael Scott, even his <laughs> dumb shit. And then this guy, I hate everything about him. <laughs> and I hate Michael Scott. <laughs> so, I mean, it's really already, I think, setting the premise of the characters. Act one is always over. Who are the characters? What are their relationships? And so Thelma being the one that has to ask her husband, for permission, who they make a great job at making look like a shitbag right from the start. She's trying to talk to him, and he seems agitated. He's trying to get ready for work in the morning. He's wearing a short sleeve button-up shirt with a fucking tie. Oh, my God. Yeah, what Those... a fucking asshole. I don't want to be like him anymore. <laughs> and he refuses coffee. He, oh, yeah. Who refuses coffee in and the morning? Not just that. They're in Arkansas. The South takes pride in being some of the most American states, and yet... You aren't accepting coffee. I feel like that's one of the most un-American things you can do. Saying no to caffeine. I don't like coffee. You're calling me a fucking communist. No, more the caffeine side. 
you say as you take a sip of your monster. This episode brought to you by Monster. I feel like if we just say that repeatedly, eventually someone eventually will start actually brought checks. to you by Monster. <laughs> this podcast also brought to you by Jameson Whiskey. Jameson, put some whiskey on that dick. This episode not actually brought to you by Jameson Whiskey. <laughs> I'm sure we'll have some more of those sponsorships coming through eventually. So she's offering him coffee. She's trying to be sweet with him. And no matter what happens, he's just saying no. And he's acting like she's giving him the biggest grief in the world dude like your wife's trying to take care of you in the morning that's don't he's be an control- asshole he's controlling oh 100 percent. he wants to control every aspect that, of his life and he is fully just ingrained in who he is it shows him trying to walk out of the house and the, you can tell in the background in the house they've got some like construction going on they're doing some de- some demo work and some remodeling or whatever and then don't lie there was a dude who was watering a fucking wheelbarrow we didn't see anything that was a, they were doing. that was a lady and there was a ladder up in the in the back room like when she was trying to talk to him. I thought that was just his like number one ladder. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to my number one room. Uh, and then he's walking out to his Corvette, which I, yeah, I was like, okay, well, regional manager, I guess. Well, whatever. I thought he was the regional manager of a car dealership. Which would make sense. But no, he says carpet. I don't, I'm not doubting and you. And she said, I guess I'm just confused as to why people would want to buy carpet. You'd think for the weekend they'd want to, on a Friday, you'd think for the weekend they'd want to not have to worry about that stuff. And he's like, well, I think it's a good thing that I'm the one that's out making the money then. <laughs> just, all right, asshole. He walks outside, he's trying to get in his car, and he falls backwards over a bunch of two-by-fours, and there's a lady and a guy standing out in the driveway. The guy's like, it looks like he's just staring at the yard, and then the lady on the opposite side, it looks like she's watering a wheelbarrow. (laughs) What the fuck are you doing? They want to make it grow. I guess. want a bigger wheelbarrow. And he's like, God damn it, I I want you guys out of here by three o'clock. I don't even want to see you. He wants you out of there by five. Oh, by five. Got Full day's work, right. But then he goes, no, wait. I want you out of here by three, just to assure them who's boss. Not only is he regional manager of the carpet dealership, he's the regional manager of his house. Yeah, because he's going to be home by then. Oh, right. He doesn't even... (laughs) I forgot about that. So, Thelma does not ask her husband for permission to go on this trip. And you know what? If she had, and he said no, and she stayed, none of this would have happened. Which probably would have worked out best for her. (laughs) And then, instead, she decides to pack the bag, and she goes to... On a, on this trip with Louise, it shows her, you know, she's just like dumping dresser drawers into her bag. And then she grabs the most random shit. She tries walking out with like a lamp <laughs> to put in the car. And Louise is like, no, you, they have electricity where we're going. Like, you don't need to bring that. And then it also does this shot of her packing a 38. She picks it up with her fingers like she's picking up like uh, used condoms. Like, eh. that used condoms that she was not involved in the use of. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah I guess that's important too. But like she like picks up with like her index finger and her thumb and just barely tosses it in her purse. It's just like, that's not your gun. You don't know how to hold a gun. Why are you taking the gun? Right. It. Oh my gosh. Why not take the gun? <laughs> So well, we're about to find out. As soon as Thelma gets in the car, she looks at the we- at Luis and she pulls the gun out of her purse and says, "Hey, can you do something with this?" And Luis is like, "What the fuck did you bring a gun for?" It's like that's no, <laughs> like put it away. Stop, stop that. Thelma relies very heavily on Luis, and in, not only in the beginning, but I think you you see that grow throughout the film. Act one, we're still defining that relationship between the two of them. Uh, so they head out on the road. Thelma tells Luis that uh, I didn't ask for permission, but I left him food to microwave and, and a note. note. Yeah, so there you go. I say I'm going to fall asleep during this movie, but goddamn, when I was listening. <laughs> so they go on the road. 
First up, Silver Bullet, which for those of you who aren't fans of ours from local. The Silver Bullet. The Silver Bullet. We have two of them here. And so I was like, wait, are they in East Peoria, Illinois? Uh, Nope, still in Arkansas. And this is where they decide to take their first stop. They're going to grab a drink and some food. And they do a little dancing. They end up drinking more than I think they anticipate. Thelma orders a shot of wild turkey and then a drink to go with it. With a Coke backer. And then uh, Luis orders some... Margarita. Margarita. Uh, with with Jose Cuervo on the side. A shot of Jose on the side. Yes. You're like, oh, okay. Like, this is how they're doing it. All right. And, of course, the local bar goon, douchebag, tail chaser. I found him very charming. Think, oh. Think, think uh, country western bar while you're in college. And it's the older dude hanging out there trying to pick up college chicks. Hey, that's what I like about high school girls. I get older, they stay the same age. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Which... I refer to him as the Renaissance Matthew McConaughey. Because he was. His name is Harland. This is where they meet Harland. And Harland, I would say, acts as... The true the, hero the, of the film. De- <laughs> definitely the protagonist. <laughs> um, no, I would say he's, he's much more of a device in the film, right? He's oh, not, no, he's a plot device. He's 100%. He's not even... I wouldn't even say he's a character as much as... You know, a single person. I think he's supposed to embody really that one douchebag that he's everybody's. Ex- thank you. Yes. He is what's going to take us into act two. We're only like 10, 15 minutes into the film. And this is where we decided act two actually starts almost immediately. So they meet Harland. He seems charming. Thelma is very taken by him and just wants to dance. Like she's just trying to have a good time. She's not trying to fuck him or anything. She's no. still a devoted wife. Exactly. Whereas Luis doesn't really want anything to do with men. She wants just the weekend to be the two of them, which I think is a common theme that we see. Well, with, then Luis also has a boyfriend that she loves, but fails to acknowledge that she loves, which we find out. Chick fucks with dicks. Louise goes to the bathroom and Thelma's out dancing with Renaissance Matthew McConaughey, who referred to himself as his funny uncle as a funny uncle. Yeah, you got a funny uncle, I'm a lot lock him. All right. right. All right, all right. And it just gave off a really rapey vibe for a reason. So foreshadowing. <laughs> so Thelma is super drunk. She's dancing, she's spinning all over the place. Um, and she's super hot and sweaty and you can tell that she looks like she's about to throw up so harlan tries to take her outside to get some fresh air it's hinted at that she you know had thrown up they don't actually show it but when they cut to the outside scene uh harlan's trying to he's trying to kiss her she's saying no stop i'm gross i just did this i'm married i don't want that i'm married too sweetheart (laughs) yeah he he he's trying to play it off cool he's like no don't listen i'm not gonna hurt you first off why why would that be how you open like dialogue referencing trying to make a move on someone because i'm a big man i want them to feel safe that's exactly why <laughs> i'm intimidating if you don't know me i i feel like that's not at all uh, the way to open up um this is 91 they didn't know any better oh my <laughs> Jesus. i was too <laughs> that's uh harlan then gets a little more aggressive when she says no again and he slaps her after just saying i'm Oh, and then he repeats, I'm not going to hurt you. And we're like... Well, right after he slaps her. You're like, no. You just slapped her. Like, what, what, what the fuck was that? And then he's like running his hand up her skirt. It gets to a point where she tells him no again and slaps him. He loses it and hits her a couple of he times. Like punches her, I think. Yeah, twice. Yeah. And then he turns her over. They're, they're outside on a car. And he 
turns her around and bends her over the backside of a, of a car. And you're, I'm, I'm like, whoa, well, what the fuck is going on? We are like 11 minutes into this film, and all of a sudden, it went from, oh, zero. this is going to be a fun girl's trip to... Oh my god, rape. <laughs> went from zero to rape very quick. I was, I was not okay with it. I was a little like... What the fuck did Rachel make us watch? Like at that point, finally Luis comes out of the bar. She had gone to the bathroom at this time. Uh, she comes out and the gun comes back into play. In fact, the camera shot that you see, I think it was done very well. It, it doesn't show her. No, it doesn't show her. It shows him looking down at Gina Davis as though he's biting his lower lip like he's a fucking pig and Luis comes in and holds the gun right up to his neck and so you just see the gun creep in from the right side of the camera and just not Ridley Scott made oh, a great decision with it, that oh yeah. it was beautiful it was a good shot I mean and, and because that that's again this is a pivotal moment and I think they could have done a sloppy job with it I think they did a great job in this portion and she cocks that gun and she's like how did she cock a revolver did she not no, you can't. Oh, I guess she didn't. No, never mind. <laughs> no, uh, she pulled the hammer back. Yeah. And then she was like, she goes, reach for the sky. <laughs> There's a snake in my boots. They poisoned um, the water hole. <laughs> she, I think she said hands up dirt bag or yeah, some some, something, something like, like that. that. And uh, enough for, for him to know, stop raping my friend or stop right. attempting to rape my friend. Right. And so then Thelma's able to get away and they're walking away and he's. Talking shit. He is absolutely talking. He said something along the lines of, I should have just fucked her anyways. And, and th- like, dude, shut your mouth. You almost made it out of here. And you said the wrong thing to the wrong person. And Luis turns back around and says, what did you just say? And he s- repeats it. She said, like, you need to watch who you're talking to. And he says, suck my dick. Louise does not suck his dick. Wrong answer, dirtbag. She blows him away. With a 38 special. Yes, not with her mouth. Let me me reiterate, she does not suck the dick. One bullet to the heart. And in that moment, the whole movie changed. Like, you can tell, oh, shit, we have started Act 2. Like, we know what the issue is now. Well, that's one thing I do like about the movie, the highs and the lows, like, and how drastic it is, too. Because you go from, hey, we're having fun, we're dancing in a bar, which, like, yeah, yeah, a little bit of foreshadowing of, you know, Dr. Thunder, Dr. Thunder, uh, Matthew McConaughey, you know, being kind of rapey, you know, you, you have a little bit of that, like, oh, okay, something's probably gonna happen with him, but then it goes from, like, you know, we're dancing to, oh, shit, I'm about to get raped, so it's like, holy fuck, and then it's like, okay, cool, crisis averted, and, you know, they're talking shit, and, oh, my God, he's fucking dead, which is <laughs> like, you know what, I'm okay with it, so he brings right. it back down a little bit. Well, I mean, and that whole time, we were cheering for her to shoot him originally. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're like, bitch, just fucking just shoot him, the no fucking trigger. We're like, yeah, like, <laughs> this guy deserves it, and then... And and that was before he started talking shit when they were walking away. That was literally like when she first pulled oh, the, the gun. Oh, the second out. the gun when yeah, was never, I was like, like just do fucking it. shoot him, do it. Like you're doing everyone. I guarantee it, this is not the first time this motherfucker's done it. Like, do oh it. yeah, do it, end it. And and then I took a second and I was like, I'm I'm actually I'm very surprised that all of us had the same reaction, but I'm okay with it. Like yeah. this is why we're friends. Yeah. <laughs> if you play this message backwards, no. I'm just yeah. <laughs> Although the scene in the bar is one of my favorite comments from it the whole time was, why did everybody in the 90s have tiny butts? Yeah. <laughs> They're all wearing like super tight jeans and they have just the tiniest no little butts. No one has butts. butts. <laughs> at like, all. Look, look, look. 
Nobody knew about Sir Mix-a-Lot yet. It's fine. Exactly. We had to look that up. We were like... Baby Got Back came out in 1992. This movie came out in 1991. That's why no one had big butts. They, were, they just didn't know any better. That's all. They didn't know what they were missing. <laughs> um, now we're just clapping our asses, just going upstairs. Can't even help it. Right? It's the best. Dark times. Thunder thighs. Chick fucks with dicks. Oh, yeah. Also, fun fact. With the last film that we did heartbreakers we actually recorded on the anniversary release date by accident we had no idea well this one i was looking up information and rachel picked it out uh, about 15 minutes before we actually started watching the movie and turns out we missed the anniversary release date on this one by two days we we're so close uh but still i'm like just the odds are very small i yeah. think on on that i thought that was cool i mean the odds doing it on anniversary is more than 365 right so Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, they've shot Renaissance Matthew McConaughey. Hey, uh, Uncle he, Harland. He's fucking dead. Yep. He's gone. Uncle, Uncle Rapey is dead. Yeah. R.I.R. Rest in rape. Uh, <laughs> all, ra- all rape, all rape, all rape. Uh, and then they have to get the fuck out. They're like, we, we got to go. We got to go. We got to go. Technically, because, yes, you're right. It wasn't self-defense as they were walking away. Like, they, they got away. And then they turned around and shot They would have gotten third-degree murder. But there were no witnesses. So technically, they could have just been like, no, he was raping her. I shot him. Yeah. So It would have been a case of he said, she said, except there's no he to say anything. But they don't. You know, in the heat of the moment, they panic and they take off. Understandably so. And the next scene is them driving. Thelma's kind of breaking down. Louise is trying to get her shit together. They have to stop the car and pull over so that Louise can throw up. And then she collects herself and they stop at a gas station. And this is where we, she was like, I'm going to get a cup of coffee and we're going to figure out what we need to do next. And that's where she pulls into a gas station. And I love that Dave said, all right, 1991 coffee, gas station coffee. And then mm-hmm. Alex, Alex noticed the prices there. <laughs> and you were like, 1991 gas prices was $1.19 at the time in Arkansas. What a simpler time. Chick fucks with dicks. You can tell, again, Luis is still the one controlling it, right? We're still in, we're, we've moved into act two, which is where you see a, the characters face their conflict. Uh, the conflict hit him right in the face very early in the movie. And so Act 2 sort of is drawn out a little more, I think, in that they, they each have their own... through. They have a shared conflict, but then they each have their own sub-conflict that they have to deal with. Yes. Um, Luis still leading the pack, and, okay, this is what we're going to do next type thing, and Thelma having breakdown. And at some point, Luis makes the comment that I think we were all thinking. Luis said, if you weren't so focused on having fun, we wouldn't be in this situation. Because that's all... Thelma wanted to do was have a little fun and that's why she wanted to drink extra more than what Louise was planning on when they went to the bar and she wanted to go dance which is not what Louise was wanting to do she was just wanted to stop to grab something and continue moving on for their girls weekend they're going to a cabin right like this was not supposed to be the end game uh that was just supposed to be a stop along the way and damn Thanos getting in the way and then we cut back to the bar so the girls are already gone they've made it a ways down and they've stopped somewhere else for coffee so it's it's been a while we can assume they cut back to the bar and the police are there and little Nikki's dad shows up and he's the lead detective on the case 
That was Satan. Yeah, it was. Whoa. Yeah, it was. Yeah, Harvey Keitel. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Shit. Arizona State Police. Gotta love it. So he shows up to do the investigation. The He's interviewing the bartender, the, the waitress that was there. And she's telling him, I'm surprised this didn't happen sooner. I always knew the end of him would be in a parking lot. It very clearly hinted at the character of the person who was killed. Uh, that this probably was not the first time. In fact, that the waitress may have been one of his victims at one point. Uh, Harvey Keitel's character goes, well, I'm, oh yeah, how can you be so sure? Because she had said that neither of these two women could have done it. No, they were they were from out of town. They weren't, like, they weren't killers. Not at all. Not Neither one of them could have done this. And he said, how can you be so sure? And I loved her response because I have worked in the food industry for over a decade at one point oh, in my life. Oh, you read people like a book. Oh, exactly. You, when you're good at it and you make, if you want to make the tips necessary to live off of you you have to be able to read people but she said if serving on drunks and people all night don't make you an expert on the human nature nothing will and i was like that's true that is 100 percent true i loved it and she just kept reiterating neither one of them could have done this they don't have it in them which means she was wrong right i mean yes in this case she was wrong but to be fair the them that she met changed drastically in those three minutes. Not at all. Susan Sarandon still had the bug-eyed eyes. The mom eyes? Yeah, she had the mom eyes. <laughs> and that just makes me think she's going to kill something at any second. There's actually a scene where she looks down at Thelma. Like, she's wearing sunglasses, and it's when it was the hitchhiker. We'll come back to the hitchhiker in a little bit. But she's like, Louise, please, let me, let me, let's take this hitchhiker up down the road. And then Thelma, and then Louise just looks at Thelma like, through her glasses and looks down slightly, and you could see those eyes clear as fucking day. She's like, no, bitch. <laughs> and I was like, ooh, I felt that. <laughs> and then we had to rewatch it for some reason because of the guy. Oh, yes. And so we had to watch that scene twice. Oh, yes. So they decide to go ahead and run, <laughs> assuming that everyone gives a shit that this dude's dead. Yeah, no one's crying over they, it. Right. They immediately jump to the conclusion that someone gives a shit that this, this motherfucker's a toast. So they decide to leave. All we're thinking is, Why? Stop. Don't run. Like, no, the, the, the police just want to give you an award. Like, that's all. <laughs> they just want to shake your hand. They just want to give you a ribbon. <laughs> um, so they decide to call Louise's boo, who is Michael Madsen. I referred to him as D-list Travolta. Uh, he's always been one of my favorite sort of, I, I guess, B-list actor. He's technically a B-list actor, but still. Well, if he's a D-list Travolta, does that make him a C-list Ray Liotta? Mm, that's a great question because I think we we agreed that Leota is a B version of Travolta, but Travolta is also the B version of Leota. Yep. So technically, if B equals B, then what does D of B equal? So today I watched Thelma and Louise, and it was a really good movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had to fucking math. Thanks, Zach. <laughs> Like, it's Memorial Day weekend. It's the last thing anyone wants to do. This episode told, brought to you by Texas Instruments. <laughs> I, I was told, come watch a movie, hang out, have a drink, we'll discuss it. Nobody said math. <laughs> brought to you by Texas Instruments. Our fucking calculators cost $120. Suck it. <laughs> oh, no, actually, we figured out that the movie must be sponsored by Miller Lite. It has to be. It has to be. It because there's be. so much Miller Lite in this movie. So much. Miller Lite and Wild Turkey. Yes, and, and Wild, Wild Turkey. Turkey. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so while Louise is calling her boo for money, basically, she's asking, she's saying, look, I'm, I'm in deep. I need help. I've got $6,700 in the bank I can't get to. Can you front me the $6,700? I'll pay you later. 
And he's like, what the fuck? Like, what, what did you get into? And she does not want to bring him into it. And it, she, this is the boyfriend we referred to earlier that she's in love with, but she won't really admit the full extent of her feelings. Um, She's the cool cat, you know. Right. She, uh, you know, she's too good for love. Well, I, I don't think it's it's so much she's too good for it as much as I think her, I think her background yeah. and what she's been through, which we find out later, is truly why she is hesitant to share and open up in a relationship. Um, but so while she's on the phone with him asking for this, she's drinking Miller Lite, like very clear as day. Open like Miller Lite takes a drink and it's like full camera shot. <laughs> I think she even looked at the camera and said, Miller Lite, when you want to feel tight. When you want to feel... Jesus. <laughs> Chick fucks with dicks. Michael Madsen ends up saying, yeah, hey, no problem. I'll get that I'll get that for you. Fine. You don't want to tell me what's going on. I respect that. Uh, where are you heading so I know where to send the money to? So she lets me know we're going to go to Oklahoma City. And he said, all right, well, just call me when you're getting into town, and I'll tell you where you need to pick it up. The Western Union. I think they end up going to like a... Like a, it's like a motel. Yeah, a motel. And then there's a code word. And the code word is peaches. So she's supposed to go up to the front counter and say, I've got a pickup for peaches. Which, I don't know. I think that's her, it's his uh, nickname for her. Because she said peaches. And he goes, you know. I miss you, peaches. Ooh, that makes a peaches and cream joke really nasty. <laughs> so why do you do these things? I ruined the little Louise. Why are you the way that you are? <laughs> So they start heading towards Oklahoma City, and they stop at another gas station. Uh, and this is where Thelma meets the hitchhiker, who is, I will be referring to as YBP, uh, Young Brad Pitt. Young Brad Pitt. I should almost refer to him as Young Skinny Brad Pitt. Yeah. Because he had, like, no meat on his bones. Not what you're used to seeing Brad Pitt, I think, you know, today. Yeah, he had a BMI of 0, 0.0 with zero muscle mass. He was like yeah. Brad Putt. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it, it really made me ask the question, at what stage of Benjamin Button did she meet him? Because we're pretty sure it was close to reverting to fetus position. So yeah. he was twelve. He was twelve. <laughs> well, that makes scene down the road a little even worse. Oof. Um, spoiler alert: they bone. So Thelma's tripping over young Brad Pitt. She wants to take him. He claims to be a college student trying to get back to school, uh, but his ride fell through. He's hitchhiking across the country. Yep. And she says, "You know, I." I wish I could, but this really, it's not my decision because it's not my car. I'll have to ask my friend. That's where Luis does the whole, looks down the glass and says, no, I don't think it'd be a very good idea. And Brad Pitt's character is, he's cool with it. Yeah. He's got this sweet ass cowboy hat on. He's got like a real thick country accent and you know, he's just very pleasant with it. And he's like, Hey, no problem. I completely understand. You're probably right. Y'all have a great day. And yeah. But at that point, Luis slams the car into reverse and just pushes down on the gas and she goes back like i don't know it was like 12 buildings and then she stops about half football field at another gas station perfectly (laughs) in line this time i and i'm thinking that the reason she went to that one is because it was not self-service but they had service like they the guys came out to fill up the car but in that moment she tells the guy fill up the car and that shot you see the guy filling up the car. You see them sitting in the car about to have a discussion. And off to the right in the back a little, you see this thick-ass dude doing curls with old-school dumbbells 
outside. Like just, this dude was Hulk stacked on Hulk. Yeah, and he's huge. Jean shorts. Yes. Cut off tank top at the at oh, right crop below top, the pecs, nipple height. Right below the pecs. So you can see all abs. You can see everything from like halfway. From Whatever the fuck these muscles on the back down. are. <laughs> just fucking curls. Yeah. I want to know what ad he answered to get in that movie. Right. Like, to get that role. Like what, what were they We just needed to stand here and curl. Like, but what were they looking for? Like, what did really Scott like? They shot that first, and he's you know like, what this scene needs. It. He's like, yeah, you know what this needs? Gay. <laughs> <laughs> he needs a jack dude doing curls, who's probably used to giving dude handy jays in the back of the park. I want to, I want to find that dude's name and see what he's done since. You know what? I want a movie told from his point of view, but from the Thelma and Louise universe. Yep. I saw him drive backwards, and I saw him drive forwards. I feel like that's going to be a gay porn, but okay. <laughs> exactly. Are you, what's wrong with that? Nothing. Okay. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I'm just saying, okay. for those of you out there curious, I feel like that's going to be mostly gay porn. There's probably some regular porn in there, too. <laughs> hey, it all pays, right? Money's money. Green's green. Money is money, yes. Then we cut to a scene where the police are trying to... Like, run a search on the license plates? Uh, I'd like to interrupt you really quick. So, when I type in Thelma and Louise body, first thing comes up, bodybuilder. No way. Thelma and Louise. What's it say? Well, I click on it. What's it say? I'm clicking on it. I want to see what he did with his career. Um, well, let's keep talking. Because I'm going to be looking at this for a little bit. No, we're just going to sit here in awkward silence waiting. Uh, that's right, because we can always edit this out. Yeah, so, so the, the police are doing this search on the license plate oh, on yeah. a computer that looks like it's from the Fallout universe. And the <laughs> s- display on the screen is like that green on green. It's that old DOS screen. And it screen. looks like he's trying to hack the computer to get into it, <laughs> just like in Fallout. But its electronic skill isn't high enough. So. And so then it shows, it, it doesn't even show who's like pushing down on the arrow but it shows them like you know scrolling through all the selections and they find the right one and they match it to louise's uh, name and address so then the next scene you see Kaitel in louise's apartment he's looking at a couple of pictures on her nightstand he's there's a picture of her boyfriend and then there's a picture of some little girl and all he says is happy birthday lucky i think i, I couldn't tell what name he said but that literally came back to play no meaning at all. I don't know how that was supposed to tie in. I don't understand what the purpose of any of that was. I just found a funny fact while researching the bodybuilder. Yes, please. How much do you think Brad Pitt was paid for this movie? Um, how much do you think? How much did you guess? I mean, he's still early in his career. 91? Yeah. Um, don't think too hard about it. $100,000. I'm going to say twenty five. How much money did he steal from... $6,700. He got paid $6,000. Yeah, I was just like, it was early in his career. I don't right. think. I'm just saying, what are the odds yeah. that how much money his character stole was he hasn't gotten much, to yet? I'm right. sorry. No, that's all um, right. But Jesus, that's kind of funny. 
chick fucks with dicks. And the only thing after seeing the whole film and going back and looking through that I can think regarding Kaitel's character looking at that picture of the little girl and saying happy birthday, Lucky or Livy or whatever the fuck he said, is that that is the reason you pick up on him really. He's not actually hunting the girls down as much as he wants to find them to help them more than actually. I think he wants to exonerate them. You know, I think he wants to help show that, look, I think I know what happened here. This dude deserved what he got, but I'm willing to bet something happened out here and you guys were defending yourself. I think he was being genuine. I, I think so, too. And I think that that is highlighted. I think that's the only purpose of that one scene is highlighting his character uh, his drive, intentions. why he's. Because you never see him when he's off the phone saying, like, we're going to get these thoughts. No. You know, he actually like, you know, I think he's very concerned about them. Like, yeah. Legitimately. So Thumb and Louise are driving. Remember, they did not pick up YBP. I missed that part. What part were they driving in the movie? <laughs> the whole fucking movie. <laughs> um, and they happen to see young Brad Pitt again at another stop later down the road. And I think they're even in a different state at this point. Uh, and so now this is the part that was weird to me because Thelma looks at Louise and makes a pouty face and sound. She whines like a dog. And then Louise gives in and she's like, oh, fine. At, yeah, and then Thelma starts panting at her out of excitement like a dog. And I'm like, okay, I guess. They've highlighted already dickhead husband, rapist, and now random stranger, but because he's polite and sweet, but like that she's okay with it. It, it was just very... I think, again, that they are highlighting her, not immaturity, but her naivety. Is, am I saying that right? Naivety scene, yeah. Y yes, with baby Jesus. Yeah. She really wants that D. Oh, she's she's super thirsty for that. Oh, yeah. So much D. But specifically, young Brad Pitts. Not her husband's, because he's right. an asshole and doesn't deserve it, and definitely not the rapist's. Fun fact, George Clooney tried out five times for that role. <laughs> the JD role. <laughs> I read that on that list. I couldn't find any information on the muscle guy. I'm assuming he's dead. Probably. Steroids will do that to you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then you can't physically fit in an ambulance, you know. So they're driving in the car with young Brad Pitt now, and all I could think is, how the fuck does that cowboy hat stay on? They're right. in a convertible on the highway. It's not going anywhere. Hollywood magic. Yeah, I guess. Or a fat head. Ooh, or it's a magic hat. It's the brotherhood of the traveling hat. Dude, that's part of the set. Yo. Hold up. Hold up. That hat is later turned into the traveling pants. It can't be. It's on denim. Mm. Shut up, Alex. <laughs> the pockets are in denim. Oh, oh, yeah. And then it cuts to the, to the police again. They've already got Prince back from a little red Corvette under the cherry moon. Little red Corvette. All right. All right, all right, all right. I tried. I went for it. I took a shot. That's, <laughs> I'm glad Alex for, jumped on For it. anybody wondering, the time frame in this movie so far has been like three days. No, not even. It's three days. By, three days was by their the last day. You're right. So we're, we're like, like a day. We're like a day and a half. It's 1991. Yeah. Fingerprints don't come back that fast. No, not a, fingerprints don't come back that fast today. Like, that's not a... Uh, it, it, yeah, so they already had Prince at the police station. This is where they finally get to Oklahoma City. Uh, that is where Brad Pitt's character is supposed to leave. Michael Madsen shows up, and he's got the money that Luis had asked for, the $6,700. Um, I was going to donate it to a whale, but then I decided no. <laughs> in, 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 instead of wiring it, he brings it himself. Yes. What a nice guy. Yeah, and... You know, there's a reason that he shows up. First off, he got Thelma her own room, 
And then he had another room for himself and Luis. Uh, so they go back to the room and Luis, uh, he proposes to Luis there. She won't tell him why, why she's leaving. She won't do anything. And he kind of freaks out and he's like, what the fuck? Like what? What? So you're just going to leave. And he knocks the stuff off the table out of frustration. And she's like, well, I am now. And she goes to walk out the door and he goes, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I just, I don't want you to go. I don't want to lose you. And so that's where he says that, look, I got something for you. Would you just sit down and, and, and I can give it to you? And she goes, no, I'm good where I'm at. <laughs> and he's like, okay. So he pulls out the ring and just kind of hands it to her. And like, there's no actual proposal. She just says, why now? And he's like, well, I mean, hey, hold in your excitement. But <laughs> like, I don't, you know, I don't know what's going on. You won't tell me. And I'm trusting you with that. But, I, you know, I don't want to lose you. In the meantime, Thelma's back in her room and there's a knock on the door. And it's... Young Brad Pitt, sopping wet. With that D. <laughs> and he's got that special delivery. <laughs> and he plays it cool again. He's like, you know, hey, this is, I'm here. I, it's hard for me to get a, wait, I'm, I, I can't get a, 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 a ride out here. Um, especially with all the rain In going the rain. on. Can't stop thinking about you. <laughs> and this is where they start kissing at one point like on the bed he starts kissing her then he starts kissing like just above the line of her underwear and then the scene transitions but it's like a quick cut there's no like actual transition and it it shows louise sitting on the couch just staring and for half a second (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna for that scene oh god so i was kind of dozing it was like something that I, i do very frequently is if i'm in a comfortable position i'm falling asleep but the thing is, when I fall asleep, I doze. I can hear everything that's going on. I'm just not seeing it. But I'm fully coherent of what's going on. And so I open my eyes, and the sex scene kind of happens. I didn't see anything with uh, Louise and her boyfriend in mm-hmm. their room talking. Right. And so it shows, like, you know, Brad Pitt and... Uh, so JD was his name. JD and uh, Thelma you. were, you know, making out and getting hot and heavy. And then the very next cut is Louise sitting on a couch just staring at the camera. And so I thought she was just in there the entire time just watching them go at it. <laughs> they are getting ready to full that on. That was like, Like oh. bone zone galore. Yeah. And, and she's I'm, just sitting on the couch And she's got those, you know, the big mom eyes big again. Big eyes, yeah. But, but like, also they look mildly enticed. Yeah. And I was like, that was a very weird cut. And then you realize, oh, no, this is back in the other yeah, room. Yeah, this is in the but other room. Literally she's half not, a second. Yep. Yeah, that was just a funny reaction. <laughs> All of us had the end. same thought. <laughs> but that also brought up a really... Oh, th- then you get to see, like, you know, 1991 Brad Pitt butt, which is weird. Um, Did it have dimples? There was no butt. Right, there was no butt. Again, he had zero body mass to him. Oh, yeah, baby got back so and didn't come out for another year. And so <laughs> they... Uh, but you made a good point, Alex. He goes, wow, sex in the 90s was weird. <laughs> There's a perfectly good bed right there. And they like, They're like knocking all the uh, little alcohol bottles off the fucking counter and just doing it on the fucking shelf right there. Like, like there's a bed right there. You were just on that bed. Like they made the conscious decision to get off said bed, move all the shit out of the way. Onto the floor. It's not onto like, the floor. Let's not, you know, carefully with put a, everything with away. With a swipe of a hand and then bone... On a piece of furniture that's not comfortable at all. At least not for the person whose ass is on it, I would exactly. say. Exactly. So, There's no ass even existed. There was no cushioning. That's true. Exactly. Yeah. You're, it's literally yeah, bone. Bone on wood. Yeah. That's, 
Hey, wood yo. on bone on wood. <laughs> yes, with a bone in between. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> that's okay. So then, so Thelma, Thelma gets it on, and I mean, good for her because you can tell that her husband's an asshole who uh, is definitely cheating on her, one hundred percent cheating on her. Uh, because they do a quick shot to show late Friday night. She tries calling home, no one answers. This is the night that he's supposed to be home late, but. She said it was 4 a.m. when she called it. Oh, fuck. So it's actually Saturday morning. So he should have been home. So after they had killed this dude. he was asleep. Yes, but they showed the microwave. This is how you... Still open with the food in it and a beer in front of it with something sitting on the beer. The note. With the note sitting right there. Yeah, so he had not read the note. he has not been home. Maybe he was so tired from regionally managing all those carpets. Don't defend that motherfucker. You know for a fact that he was... I am talking about a possibility. Ooh, Um, you know what? What if... What if he was having a, like a gay love affair? Ooh, then, I feel bad for judging him then. Why? No, you're right. He was still an asshole. Yeah, dick move. He was still an asshole. Yeah. I mean, well, even just the way that he talked to his wife, he oh, was yeah. still an asshole. Well, maybe that was his sexual frustrations. I feel like that's not an excuse. No, it's not an excuse. I'm just saying that's why. Okay. It's not, yeah. it's not a passable excuse to say, oh, I, I see why you did that. I'm sorry for... No, no, no. That's why he did it. Still an asshole. I get why you did it. Still an asshole. Right. right. Well, at least we know now. Chick fucks with dicks. The next morning, it's got Luis and her boyfriend eating breakfast. She's at a diner right next to the, uh, across the street from the hotel that they're staying at. And um, she still won't tell Michael Madsen what, what's going on. He says, well, my taxi's here. I'm like, what the fuck's a taxi? A fucking taxi pulls up. Like, like an actual taxi. Cab, right. fucking taxi. Not an Uber. Not a Lyft. A taxi. Like straight up, not the a thing handicap. on top says taxi. <laughs> well, not only that, um, you know, I had a thought and I forgot. It. Go on. So Thelma walks in right after and her hair is all, fu- she's got sex hair. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's like the classic trope. That's what I was going to say. So like she had weird eyes in this scene and I don't know what this movie with me and eyes are, but she had like those like, I don't know. It looked like she was like crazy eyes. She had, I've seen the light eyes. You know who she looked like? Remember that scene in Game of Thrones when Theon was fucking the captain's daughter? Yes. Put Thelma's face on her, it's the same. My father called me a whore. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. Yep, she had that. It was oh, weird. Yeah, that was Which weird. Which was thinking like, oh, you're fucking at like someone with the mentality of a child at that point. Uh, yeah. Which means Thelma shouldn't have had owned a gun. No, not at all. Good thing it was her husband's. Well, her husband bought it for her, we find out. Oh. Right. Like he bought it for her because he's he works late so often. What a nice guy. <laughs> okay, but so does Again. that make fucking twelve year old Brad Pitt better in your brain? Because he's also fucking someone with the mentality of twelve. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're the one that said Brad Pitt was twelve, not me. <laughs> you're the one that said you had a problem with Because <laughs> you also find out twelve year old Brad Pitt likes to rob places very gentlemanly like. Oh yeah, so that's where at like that night afterwards uh, he's telling her that, Oh, I'm I bet my parole officer is pretty pissed. She's like, Well parole officer? Like what it what did you do? Are you a bad guy? Are you criminal? No, no, not anymore. <laughs> but he was he was a robber, not a bank robber, but he would rob convenience, um, stores, convenience stores and gas, gas stations. stations. And he tells her, he goes through this whole spiel of how he does it. So his character is very polite, very charming in that, in, because it seems like a genuine politeness. Like he really doesn't want to hurt anyone or anything. Uh, but he would walk into uh, whatever place he's targeting after a couple days of scouting it out. And then he would walk in and he'd introduce himself and basically tell the, the clerk, 
ever so kindly that to please put the money do not bag. panic ladies and gentlemen this is you know this is what's about to happen uh, as long as nobody loses their head then nobody loses their head <laughs> they need to and that's when Thelma gave him the fuck me eyes yeah oh yeah she was like 100% sold on this and then he goes on about nobody needs to leave here injured today uh, my friend please if you'd be so kind as take all the money out of that register and put it in the bag you will have an amazing story to tell all your friends if you don't you're gonna have a toe tag it's your choice and just it's like it's so blunt but also authentic and and polite that you'd be like yeah okay <laughs> like here, here you, you made go. me wet here you yeah. go <laughs> and that's uh plus i mean yeah and he he's a pretty dude like i mean that's you, you can't there's something about it, just the delivery you're like man i wish everybody that robbed people was like this people wouldn't be so upset about it after that that's what thelma's all like but you're just so polite about it he's like i you know, I don't believe that being held up always has to be a negative experience. <laughs> There's some truth to that. As someone who's been held up and shot at before, I would say if they were nicer, I probably wouldn't have been as upset afterwards. Chick fucks with dicks. So Thelma shows up to breakfast with the sex hair, and her quote is, Now I finally understand what all that fuss is about. <laughs> and Louise is so excited for her that, I mean, she's been married to the same guy for a long time. They had dated for four years before that. So, a, like, high school sweetheart type situation. And Louise hates Thelma's husband. She thinks he's garbage, which he is. I think I'm the only person that likes him. <laughs> so Louise is really excited for a friend. And then she's like, so where did he go? And Thelma's like, well, he's back in the room taking a shower. And it hits Louise that that's where the money is. So why did they put the money in Thelma's room? Louise left the money with Thelma in the room saying, you take care of this. Watch it while I go talk with my boy about... Does she not know how stupid her best friend exactly. is? Exactly. Like, we've already gotten to this, because point, at this point. I, I point, don't we've think... All, we've already agreed. We all agreed. All three of us said, if I was Louise, I would have fucking killed Thelma by now. Or just dropped her off in a ditch somewhere. Right. Like, why have you... Because she keeps fucking everything Exactly. Up. And and it doesn't stop. No. Um, so th they don't have the money. So they run back to the room after they realize that Brad Pitt's character, the robber, which, by the way, Louise doesn't know that he's a robber. Only Thelma does. Um, she hasn't shared Thelma that. Thelma was dumb enough to leave that much money around. A, oh, absolutely. An admitted anybody. robber. An admitted robber who basically just told her how he's going to steal from her. You know, he did charm her first. He did. Absolutely. Shit. Yeah. And he followed them around for a yeah. couple days. Oh. Uh -huh. Yeah. He literally laid out the game plan. Uh-huh. So really, I'm willing to bet that that convenience stores aren't aren't where he is targeting now, but it's more targeting women, you know. But single female lawyers <laughs> having lots of sex. <laughs> so he ends up definitely taking the money. They get back, and the envelopes go empty. And this is where this is sort of the height of Act Two, where the roles reverse because Louise has a breakdown, rather than being the one who can handle it. And Thelma is the one that handles the situation. She just, she, well, she's cool-headed. She just got She dick. says, look. She's in charge of her own life now. Oh, again, so the, that's why I say those eyes, when she walks in and she looks a little crazy when she's walking in to breakfast, those are the I've seen the light eyes. All of a sudden, she's like awake. It, this is her sexual awakening, right? This is something that she, she should have gone through. <laughs> this is something she should have gone through probably like eight years prior. Right. And missed out on. And gives you that that sense of confidence and i can make a decision and and so uh she's like look louise just get your shit together get your bags let's go we'll take care of it it's gone there's nothing we can do let's go 
Luis is on the ground just crying, and Thelma has to pick her up and drag her out of the hotel room into the car. Next scene is Luis is, or uh, Thelma is driving the car. Luis is in the passenger seat. They pull into the small town again. Thelma says, I'll be right back. You just stay in the car and relax. Luis is sitting there, and next thing you hear is Thelma yelling from across the street. Drive, drive, drive. Get in the car, drive. Drive, bitch. <laughs> and like she comes running and jumps in. Yeah, she just robbed that store. You see this immediate role reversals. They're driving away and she tells Louise what she did. And Louise is like, oh shit, oh shit. And I think she says about 18 times at one point. And Thelma's response is, what? It's not like I killed somebody. <laughs> Just come on. Man. At that point, I would have shot Thelma. Because I'm like, I shot him to save your fucking life. One. They get away, and at that point, they just they start laughing. And Thelma's like, look, we needed it. Something had to be done. So then we cut to the police back in Arkansas. Thelma's husband is there, and they're watching the surveillance camera footage. Of, 1080p in 1991. Oh, my gosh. It was fantastic. Again, by the way, they got the video footage that, this quickly. They're watching the vo- footage of Thelma robbing the store. With full HD audio. The visual is fantastic. The audio is even better. And all I can think is, God damn, like, if they had camera footage half as decent as this, they would have solved both the Biggie Smalls and Tupac murders a long time ago, back in 1990s. But yeah, And also, again, they, they got the video that quickly. Within a day. Not even, because this is a full three days, right? Like I mean, four this hours. is Right. Like, <laughs> it's like, it happened, and boom, we're going to send it immediately to Arkansas. It happened in Oklahoma, and it's just... In yeah, Arkansas. they were in Oklahoma at the time. Yeah. Four hours later. Right. <laughs> uh, this is where we're, we're just like, how has she not killed Thelma? Or left her for dead somewhere? Or whatever the or case Or what Dave said be. is, shoot her in the knees in the desert and let the coyotes finish the rest. Also, Oh, yeah, because this is where they're starting to drive through the desert. And this is when we ask the question, how many fucking days has this been? Has it been like a week? Like it, She was only supposed to be gone for the weekend. Like we'll, In the next scene, we'll find out time frame, but this is where Thelma says we have to cut through Texas to get to Mexico, and Louis says, no, we're not going through Texas. You know how I feel about Texas. I refuse to do it. Find another way. She went math on you. The quickest distance between two points is a straight fucking line. Rather than going straight through Texas, they had to go around because Luis will not go to Texas, and that's when Thelma realizes why Luis won't go to Texas. She made a comment because it happened to her there because Luis was raped when she lived in Texas. And that's why Luis reacted the way she did when Thelma was about to be raped and the man talked back to her. I'm willing to bet in Texas she didn't have a gun. Right. right? And and whereas in this situation, exactly. Absolutely. And And she she wasn't going to let it happen to someone else. And so in that, I'm like, yeah, fuck that dude. Blast. Oh, yeah. No, in that situation, you know, if I stop a rape, whatever, I mean. Personally, I would have shot the fucking dude before saying anything. Oh, I wouldn't have said anything. Yeah, I was like, oh, bitch, bye. Um, Chick fucks with dicks. We see them get pulled over in the middle of the fucking desert. Like, there's nobody around, and a cop comes out of nowhere. He wasn't off a side road. He literally just came up from the main road, pulled them over, and said that they were going 110 miles an hour. I'm like, how the fuck do you know? Where were you? Like, there, right. there, there were no signs for you to What's hide What was your behind. point of reference, there was no, asshole? Like, like, this is... <laughs> Speed is relative. That's where we find out that it's been th- a long three days, one of the characters says. And we're like, wait, it's only been three days? <laughs> so then the logistics of all the, the footage and, and, and fingerprints and all that, we're just like, none of this 
it doesn't line up for the 90s but you know whatever whatever you just accept it um and then this is also where we got confirmation that miller light was definitely a sponsor because so the cop pulls him over and he asks uh louise because it's her car to come back to his car and sit in the front seat and then which is weird yeah apparently so we've been watching a lot of live pd yeah. And apparently that's a thing in some states where like even even people in handcuffs will get put in the front and not in the back. And for whatever reason, it just comes to like district by district or whatever, you know, whatever that's it really is. Weird. So uh, county by county type thing. Huh. But yeah, we noticed that on on Live PD. We're like, why the fuck is he putting him in the front seat? <laughs> like that's not uh, they don't do that here right in Illinois. So. Right. So she's sitting in the front seat with the cop. And next thing you know, Thelma pops up in the officer's window with the 38 at his throat and Luis is just looking at her with the big old bug eyes but this time not angry i'm gonna kill somebody bug eyes more like what the holy fuck fucking shit doing? what are you doing yeah. bug eyes tells the officer to kindly step out the whole time they're both being very polite oh, yeah. and apologetic about it the whole time I'm sorry <laughs> i'm really sorry about this <laughs> <laughs> and they get him out and thelma tells Luis to shoot the radio <laughs> so she shoots the stereo in the car <laughs> No, the police radio. <laughs> so she weighs 345 bullets in a police car. The officer's standing outside, and Thelma's like, you know, if you had met us... Oh, this is where we got it. If you had met us three days ago, neither one of us ever would have done something like this, but a lot's happened that shouldn't have happened. And so then you hear two shots come from the back, and it's Thelma putting two bullet holes in the trunk of the car, and she pops it open and tells the cop to get in. <laughs> what did she take out of the cop car? Uh, a six pack of Miller Lite. Like, that's how we knew right then and there. Like, like oh. full on, just pulls it up, full logo exposed to the camera, holds it there for half a second. You even hear Ridley before say, before moving it out of the way. You even hear Ridley in the background, Ridley Scott say, all right, that's good. We got our sponsorship. <laughs> they didn't even cut that out. So then they're driving away after locking a cop in, a, in the trunk in the fucking desert. All I could think is, okay, at least put him in the back seat, handcuffed, and leave the front doors open so that, like, he can get some airflow. Or the windows down. Right? Something. No. Put him in the trunk. But he's got the bullet holes so he can breathe. Ish. Not well. And they take off driving as fast. They, all they want to do is get out of the state. They're trying to go down all these dirt roads. These cowboys are shown with actual cows, like, in the middle of these dirt roads that they won't get out of the way. Alex makes a comment about the stakes never were higher. <laughs> um, <sighs> this is where I also noticed that... Thelma's accent has gotten much better throughout the movie yeah. because early on Gina Davis's accent was not great, but uh, whereas Louise's has been spot on throughout the whole thing, I don't think it really changed much. And this is also when I finally got everyone to say Beetlejuice three times. That's right, because it had occurred once earlier when Alex was trying to figure out what Gina Davis was. I thought she was in Twister. He was trying so hard. And I noticed it the first time and I was like, fuck, I can't participate. That was at like minute 10 <laughs> and it, and it, uh, the opportunity presented itself again. I mentioned Beetlejuice and then Alex mentioned Beetlejuice and then my wife mentioned Beetlejuice. And I was like, yes. And I was looking at Dave the whole time and he just starts laughing. I'm like, Alex and Rachel were both lost. They were like, what the fuck did I miss? And I'm like, no, I tried so fucking hard the first time to get you guys to say it three times and nobody would. And now it's been said. <laughs> Uh, but let, let's uh, let's finish up the story of the cop on the side of the road before we forget. Yeah, this we is, might as well skip ahead. So pretty much, uh, we see Lucio from Overwatch riding his bike. <laughs> 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 you are not wrong. But mm. it's this uh, guy who I would imagine is Rastafarian. Mm -hmm. um, he's riding his bike, just you know, just 
He's drinking his water trying to stay I hydrated. I think he was listening to Bob Marley. He was probably listening to Bob Marley. It had a big, fat-ass Walkman. Oh, just like... Just taped it to It looked his, like it was taped to his taped arm. Taped to his it arm. It took up his entire arm from elbow to shoulder. And he was smoking a big, fat fucking blunt. Oh. At, Huge. It's like, how are you doing this? But he was, he was dressed like an actual cyclist. He was an actual yeah. cyclist. I mean, like, like he was... Lance Armstrong out yeah. there. You know, both this is both testicle Lance Armstrong out yeah. there. Yeah. But then, so anyway, he pulls up. He's riding his bike through the desert for reasons. Um, probably training for a marathon. He might even be in a marathon. Who knows? Um, and he sees the car. And he pulls off the side of the road. And he hears the cop banging from inside the trunk. He doesn't take his shit out. Um, the cop goes, the keys are over there. The cop literally takes his finger, sticks them out of the bullet hole, and points to where his keys are at. <laughs> And so the like fucking, a Blake Shelton finger point. Yeah, Blake know? Shelton finger point. And so Lucio just takes a big ass drag off his joint and then just blows he it hot in the truck. Hot boxes, hot boxes the truck where the cops in. And that's just where that cop story ends. That's it. People say he's still high to this day. In that he's still in there. People will put like sour gummy worms in those holes for him to eat. <laughs> It was fantastic. But that's uh, how that cop story ends in, I, in Lucio's. I believe that Lucio's, he does <laughs> that actor deserves an award because didn't say a damn word, not a single fucking word. It was all body language. It was all behavior. He didn't rush the scene at all. I want to imagine that he wasn't even paid. He just wandered on set and they're like, record him. I hope so. They're like, I like, I want you, that to be true. You probably so have really, really guys just like, I don't like how he looks. Record him. I think he's gonna. Are the cameras rolling? <laughs> just, just, just let them. Roll. Actually, everyone just has left. Everyone was gone. The the set. Everyone was gone from the set. The cameras were just up, and they just happened to capture the guy like on his bike. Right? He just starts fucking with. They the- forgot the cop in the guy, the actor playing the cop in the trunk. He's that actually was real. He, he actually, over there. He's dead now. Chick fucks with dicks. The girls in the car driving, and this is where this dirty ass trucker that they've passed. This is the third time now. The true protagonist of the film. I think Alex's hero. This is who he is. He has literally structured his entire life after. Now I do. <laughs> and every time that they pass him, he's got those like mud flaps on with the 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 girl, the, the naked girl, you know, on there, and the it's silhouette. got yeah, yeah the silhouette, and it's got like the nipple and everything. And well, you either had two times types of mud flaps. The naked girl laying on her profile side view. Yosemite Sam. Or Yosemite yeah, Sam. Buddy. It's one of the two. One of I'm the other. I'm way more excited about Yosemite Sam. <laughs> yep. The guy is doing this nasty thing with his tongue when they drive by, and he's like acting like he's jacking off his truck. He's got Bret Hart sunglasses. <laughs> oh, he does have Bret Hart sunglasses. <laughs> oh, man. What do they say to him? Like, you ready for a good time or yeah, something? Yeah, follow like that. us, big boy. And they pull over. In the middle of nowhere. In the middle of nowhere. Right next to Courage Cowardly Dog's house. And he like he pulls in and he's he pulls he pulls his big rig around. He's all excited. He gets out and he's like he's like strutting over to him. And you can tell that he's definitely a hillbilly. You know what? I think we just lost all of our hillbilly listeners. Fuck you, hillbillies. I, I, I don't care. That's fine. Yeah. Um so he comes walking over and you're thinking, oh, okay, like he's literally just trying to hillbilly it. I love I love your. If he's comment, still alive though. today. Alex, he says yee yee. What? <laughs> <laughs> what did you 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 made a comment about him being uh, the opposite? The opposite of the girl from uh, from uh, from like National Lampoon's Vacation. You always have yes. Chevy Chase's character. He's driving. His family's asleep, and then you have the hot girl in the Corvette. Yeah. And, you know, driving next to him, and it plays the 
Dun, 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 yeah. You know, she's flirting with him and shit. This is the complete other world version of her. She's driving a fucking like... fat ass semi truck with, expo- with, <laughs> with not explosives, but uh, flammable, flammable materials. Yeah. He's disgusting as shit. He's wearing flannel cut off t shirts, brown sunglasses. He's not sexy at all. No. And he's like, you know, and he's just doing the same shit, just reoccurring, coming back, yeah. and just fucking with him. I, I just think it's a funny, uh, you know, because it came out about the same time as uh, the first Vacation movie. Well, the first Vacation movie was like mid-80s, wasn't it? I don't know. I don't know. Someone look it up, but yeah, I'm not sure. Um, I thought it was earlier than that. I thought it was early 80s. Well, because she was in every Christmas movie. Va- Christmas Vacation is the one that was in the mid-80s. She so. wasn't in Christmas Vacation. No, that was the one. on the road. No, they weren't on the road. That's where they did it instead with the uh, the girl when he goes to buy... He, he ends up buying underwear for his wife. That's right. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit nipply outside. <laughs> nipply and nippy. Yeah, that uh, The first thing. Vacation was 1983. So the trucker gets out. He's walking towards the girls. They're parked. They're, you know, uh, convertible. So they're, like, sitting up on top of the seats. You see the 38 tucked in the back of Thelma's uh, shorts. And the guy comes walking up, and he's, like, licking his lips, and he's smiling. He thinks he's about to get lucky with these two girls. They basically call him on his bullshit. They're like, what, you think that works? Who taught you how to talk like that to women? How would you like it if someone talked to your mom like that? Or your sister. Or your wife. He's like, what? What the fuck? He does not like being called out. He's like, you bitches are crazy. Fuck you, bitches. Oh, yeah. That was... Fuck you. That's, that's it. Fuck you. This dude puts an H in fuck. Like, he... Fuck. And I, I could not... I'm like, oh, my gosh. He's literally taking... The director's instructions were, I want you to hillbilly this, and then I want you to fuck it with its sister and have the hillbilly baby, and that is what I want your character to be. Kill me. And it, yeah, it is not good at all. But it's (laughs) perfect. Oh, it is. This dude is just chewing up the scenery. 100%. He is owning every minute that he's on screen. They say, I I think, uh, I think you deserve us an apology. I'm not fucking apologizing to you. And he turns around to walk away. Uh, Louise stands up and she pulls out that forty-five. Thirty-eight. She has she no. Has forty-five. Thelma has the. Louise is the cop's forty-five. You're right. Yeah. And, Thelma and then has Thelma's the got thirty-eight. He hears it and yeah, because the reason when someone draws a gun, you always get a. Oh yeah, and I think that's just the. Done with the gun. No, not at all. That's just the sound effect. Yeah, that's yeah. That's just add-ins. I had to get over that to enjoy movies. And he stops and turns around. From now on, that's how we want Alex to just talk all the time. <laughs> so then they're like, no, you owe us an apology. And he's like, did you do it again? I'm not fucking apologizing to you. Oh, yeah. I didn't do nothing wrong. And Louise then shoots out like three of his tires from a distance. Yeah, by the from way. at least like, 50 yards. Like, great shots. Oh, yeah. He still refuses to apologize, at which point Thelma takes a shot. And she ends up blowing up his big rig with whatever we is in the back is combustible. We assume it was cancer. Right, absolutely. <laughs> we, knew, we knew right in there well, was the cure I, I to said, all cancer. Fuck, that was the insulin for the children. <laughs> no. So huge explosion goes up, and they are <coughs> driving away. They're not that far away from it. Well, that explosion drew some attention to people. Also, right after the explosion is where you actually cut to the scene where the Jamaican cyclist finds the other officer that's been locked in so all 
all of the decisions they've made since they found out that they're going to be charged with murder and all this sort of come to a headwind. And they just start stacking charges yeah, on They're like, fuck it. Like, I'm going balls deep on this one then. All of a sudden, they're being chased by some cops. Next thing you know, it shows a bunch of other cop cars leaving a police station from a local town somewhere, which like seven compiling out to which i'm like first off that town doesn't look big enough to have seven also even if it did yeah, it was like a washburn Illinois like, town right like that's all seven why the fuck weren't any of you out patrolling yet <laughs> meanwhile meanwhile brad pitt's fucking robbing all those stores before all those cops left so next thing we know they're being chased by more than a dozen cop cars are on their tail I'm like how the fuck did they all get there that fast but they're doing in the middle of the desert they're in the middle of the fucking nowhere they're they're doing 110 there's a good 20 cops. Yeah. Good 20 cars. And was, like two helicopters. This was an interesting moment because this is obviously we're wrapping up Act 3 now. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning of Act 1, when they were getting, when Thelma first got in the car, Louise was smoking and Thelma had a cigarette in her mouth pretending and was pretending to smoke. to smoke. And she was like, look, I'm Louise. And she's just kind of poking fun a little. But also, I think a piece of her wish she could be half as free as Louise was. Yeah. Whereas now we've seen the wild side of Thelma. And the more reserved side of Louise. And Thelma actually takes out a cigarette and lights it up this time. And smokes like a pro. <laughs> like, like that's Smokes the first, like me. Yeah, well, that's the first time you smoked a cigarette. I'm like, bullshit. <laughs> and, and I feel like that was very significant because that's like... It completes an arc. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's letting you know this is it. Okay, shit's about to go down. This is it. And see, and that's how you actually do a character arc. I'm like Jamie Lannister. Oh my god! That's not how you do a character no, arc. Not at all. Let's let let's not. We, we we're gonna have an entire other podcast on that. We could do that just on each fucking character. From, we could do that on the B characters from that fucking finale. Oh my a, gosh! A pop pie should have been on the Iron Throne. Just saying. Ah, oh. continue on. Thelma and Louise. Thelma and Louise. So. You know, it, it gets to a point they're running from all these cops and they have to slam on the brakes because the road that they were on comes to... There's a big opening. A I big, can't call it a, a field big... because it's it's the desert. But they it's like a pothole. Yeah, it's like a plot... Yeah, a giant fucking plot, pothole. Yeah, exactly. I almost said plot hole. I'm still stuck in that Game of Thrones issue. Um, <laughs> I just ruined you. Uh, but yeah, the giant pothole known as the Grand Canyon. Yeah. Uh, so they have to slam on the brakes or the car's about to go over the edge. And they're sitting there looking at it, and they're like, where are we? And Thelma's like, I think it's the Grand Canyon. <laughs> and they're like, it's beautiful. Next thing you know, a fucking helicopter comes up right in front of them from inside the canyon. And they're like, oh, shit. And they put the car in reverse, and they're backing up. This is where Harvey Keitel's character is in that helicopter. Well, he had been working with the FBI trying to get the girls since they've gone over state boundaries. They're now wanted in a couple of states for numerous uh, infractions as they're backing up this is where all those cop cars that had been chasing them catch up to them again mm-hmm. this time this is where we see like 25 of them and they all get out and they're lining up they've got rifles and they sniper got rifles, rifles and, uh, lever action rifles helicopters they might as well have the national fucking guard yeah on that's and and harvey Keitel comes out of the helicopter that he was in he's like yo what the fuck what the fuck call them back they, they're they're too fucking women in a car on the edge of the Grand Canyon. They're not going anywhere. Like, stop. There's no need for it to escalate. Standard procedures, in. You know that this is fine. If they were two men, this would be... And I'm like, nah, I don't think so. Like, that's... It, that's... No. Don't... Come on. I, this was a very significant moment because, first off, Louise starts loading her gun. And Thelma's like, what are you doing? And Louise's response is, I'm not quitting. 
I'm not getting caught. I'm not getting caught. Uh, she had mentioned something about life in prison, the electric chair, which again, 91 was a thing, still a thing. It hit a point where I was like, oh shit, like this is like this, that's it. Like this is going to happen. There's no, there's there. I don't think this is going to end happily. <laughs> and so Thelma says, then let's not stop. Just keep going. And Louise is like, what? And she's just, just keep going. And she looks towards the Canyon. She's telling her to drive off the fucking cliff. Thelma and Louise is mentioned in, in, in rap songs, it's mentioned in other movies. It's uh, mentioned the in Simpsons did the an Simpsons. On I it. mean, it's 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 a very um, culturally significant representation of friendship, I think. But it drew that question for me of who's your ride or die. You know, like yeah. you would not allow to be caught at the end if it came down to it. You know, if if there was no way of getting out of it, and then you guys decide together, like fuck it, like we're taking on it's us against the world. Who's your ride or die? And I think it's funny because like I've I've got just a select few. I think everybody does just have that select yeah. few that you would do that for, which in today where it's all about how many friends you have on Facebook or how many followers you have on Twitter and Instagram and how many likes you get. But at the end of the day, how many of those people would truly be your ride or die? You know, you I'm know? having deja vu because I think I listened to a radio show that was talking about this, talking about like how. Uh, Friendship is very fake, like not only fake but inflated these days to what it actually is, because friendship is more quantity than quality these days. Absolutely, yeah, which is is not great. Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, like like I knew immediately the people I'd drive off that fucking cliff with. Oh you yeah, know? <laughs> and that's oh, yeah. can you ask yourself the same question? You know, can you answer that question? You know, that's wolf and and. It's well, such a, you can't, that, and then you're like, you need to reevaluate yourself. Yeah, and it's just such a small moment in the movie, but I feel like it was just the most defining for me. I don't know, I think that was kind of the biggest part of the movie. No, no, I mean, like, time, you know what I mean? Like, it's such a small capacity of, oh, the, of yeah, the overall of film itself, because it's over two-hour runtime. Yeah, um, five minutes of the movie. Yeah. The whole thing plays out in, like, five minutes. If that, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then they take off. Harvey Keitel takes off running, trying to stop them. In front of all the guys that have the guns and stuff. He's like waving at him. No, stop. Like he really does want to help them avoid going to jail. Like he believes that the only reason they're in the situation is because someone was trying to hurt one of them. The only reason that they stole money is because Brad Pitt's character stole it from them to begin with. Like they would not be in this position now. If it wasn't for shitty assholes. If it wasn't for, exactly, along the way to no avail. Right, I mean, he he fails on that end, and it well, I mean, we don't know. It shows them driving off the cliff, and it looks like it looks like they hit a ramp. Uh, like all of a sudden, they got way more air than they should. That thing should have gone straight over the edge. I, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, if Homer can get halfway across <laughs> the Springfield Gorg, then I think Thelma and Louise can jump the Grand Canyon. Now it's open ended because it doesn't show them falling. No, it doesn't. Um, so it doesn't even show them at the height of the jump. And it makes you think of another thing. So when was Greece made? Seventy seven. In nineteen seventy seven, they had the technology of flying cars because in Greece they had a flying car. Oh yeah. <laughs> so who knows? Nineteen ninety one. Anything. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, Thelma and Louise might have been the exact same car because that car was from that era. Could have been. So you never know. Like right after that scene. Alvin the Chipmunks might have started playing, and they're just waving back at the officers that try to kill them. They go to the fucking moon, they die because there's no air. <laughs> um, the end. Yeah, I know. I, after after that, because it just literally goes to a white screen. It doesn't even cut to black, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't Sopranos it, which I almost wish Game of Thrones had done. If anything, it Monty Python did. Yes, absolutely. Which... And there's, there's got that bright white light. Roll credits. And then roll credits, and credits are like... 
recapping like the fun times that they had together you know it's just showing showing video clips from the the beginning of, of the, their journey uh and i wrote down i'm like what if what if they're still alive what if they made that jump or it fell but they never found them they survived pulled a db cooper or an amelia Earhart. you know like they just vanished they're both dead <laughs> <laughs> by age yes but <laughs> well, hmm. so that is thumb and louise for you Running through it, one thing that we like to do is try to guess the box office taken on on the movies that we do. Uh, so I will tell you that the budget on this film was sixteen point five million dollars. Okay, uh, I would imagine the majority of that. There weren't many visual effects to this. I'm going to say box office was fifty two million dollars, Dave. Okay, ah, uh, ninety one. I'm going to say thirty. You're closer. I know you are. Actually, Alex is closer. Forty-five point four million was their box office bring-in. So really? you went off by seven. Uh, but still, but this is also the closest you two, our two of our people have been. Unless uh, yes, no, we're not going by. Are we going by? No, we're not I going by the right rules. <laughs> Fuck you! I win. I win, Dave. Um, and isn't that funny though? Like just looking at the box office bring-in of some of these movies compared to like we all just witnessed Endgame. I have to work for all these things. Oh, yeah. Managing it's, a movie theater as oh, hell. That was your end game. I bet you wish the entire time that you had the Infinity Gauntlet. <laughs> Just snap half the audience. Yeah, fuck you, bitch. You're all dead. <laughs> yeah. Half? <laughs> you do work it where you work. So I can, I can always half the halves <laughs> as many times as I want. Chick fucks with dicks. Ranking it. As far as a chick flick is concerned. Oh, uh, 10 out of 10. Yeah? Yeah. All right. Ride that... or die. Sisterhood. Um, fuck it. it True was sisterhood. Great. True sisterhood. This isn't a, oh, I love you because our fucking pants fit together and oh, leukemia girl's dead. No. This is, <laughs> we are some badass bitches with some fucking guns, which is actually really funny because I own two handguns. One is a 45 1911 and the other one is a 38 Special Revolver. Oh my God. So, dude. Thelma and Louise are your spirit animals. I know, right? This is um, fantastic. But they got a cool car. Not that I would particularly choose. Um, they have a, a regional manager of a carpet store. I mean, who doesn't want that? I mean, <laughs> come on. This, I would actually say this is uh, better than Heartbreakers. Okay. Dave? As a, as a chick flick. As a chick as flick. A not chick as flick. a movie. As a chick flick. Uh, you know, to go along with everything Alex said here... You know, I gotta throw in proper character evolution. Yes. Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants lacked. They lacked on half of the characters. So yeah, with the proper character evolution, which we don't get a lot of anymore in a single film. True. Not just in, in this chick flick <laughs> genre We hardly that we're get single but... fucking films anymore because no one can tell a story in 90 minutes to two hours. Right. Granted, but I'm saying, you know, you just don't see that anymore. Along with all the themes that occurred throughout the movie, I'm going to give it a nine and a half. Okay. I think as a chick flick, and we've defined chick flicks throughout this series so far. The definition keeps growing because we keep watching them. It, it really does. I think we're getting a better understanding of the genre. First off, doing more research on it, the fact that in the beginning, chick flick uh, started out more as a derogatory term, mm-hmm. um, as almost as though they were... Not really. We're even uh, worth watching. Respectable films yes. in the industry. Granted, where I would. Granted, Sister of the Traveling Pants. 
Well, I is think, not. No, you're right. I, I would think... But Heartbreakers is. Right. I would think Heartbreakers, as of the four that we've watched so far, I think that that definition of the, it being a, a negative thing is not accurate at all. I think that, in fact, the term chick flick should be completely brought in and been like, yeah, no, these are fucking fantastic. Like, what we've watched so far, I'm I'm actually liking. I'm enjoying. Oh, yeah. um, but I'll, I'll call it now. Two films from now, we aren't going to be having drinks with us. We're going to each have, like, a pint of our personalized ice cream <laughs> or, like, or raw fucking cookie dough. We're going to have those pajama pants. We're going to have those weird spongy things between our toes with our nails drying. You know what? I'm all right with it. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm, I'm going to dive right in. Like, if that's where it takes us, fine. <laughs> that's, I'm just going to let it happen. That's character development. Fuck. Okay? The character evolution. <laughs> oh, shut up. You'd be fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> But looking at it as not only targeted towards women, which I believe this obviously is, but they have two, at the time, big list names as far as Gina Davis and Susan Sarandon are concerned. Definitely. Leading the way. I mean, they are their names roll first. Well, who was the biggest name in this film overall time? He oh, plays a side character that's in yeah, it for maybe I would five say, minutes. I would definitely say Brad, Pitt. Brad Pitt's character is... He, he was, out of all these people, he had the biggest career Yeah, as of right now. Uh, who knows, Susan Sarandon might I would say, a huge comeback. I would say Susan Sarandon over her career is probably just as high, but I think that he is just more... He still has more career More go, noticeable. But they, they all have awards, yeah. rightfully so. I think all of them are very talented. And yeah, but you're right. I mean, he is probably the most recognizable I say he, he, he can bring in people more than she can. Today, yes. Today. As Absolutely. of today, yes. Yeah. So And so it's weird to kind of look at it and say, man... He only made $6,000 for this movie. Right. And he had to steal most of that. Absolutely. So targeted at women, two amazing female leads. I think the writing for it was very good. I don't think there were a lot of wasted scenes. There were ones that made me question what's the point, but then later on down the road, redefined them as long as you knew how to go back. There was hardly any filler. Um, When when you said it was a two hour runtime, I was like, I didn't feel like it was two hours. Eh, I kind of did. That's because I fell asleep. But that's my well, fault. Yeah, I mean that's that's just you fall asleep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think I'm gonna give it a ten. I, I agree. I, th- I think it's the best one that we've watched so far. I will put it above Heartbreakers. I loved Heartbreakers because it had a little more comedy to it. But at the end of the day, I think that this one's just better executed. Stronger. Yeah, it's a stronger film. So highly recommend if. Uh, any of you out there are looking for a decent one. So, so far, we've been through four movies from the bottom up, uh, starting in last place, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, which held first place for all of about three hours. <laughs> it was our first movie. Because it was the first film. Third place, Love Actually. And then in second place, Heartbreakers will move in. And now in first. Which is sad because Heartbreakers feels like the only movie that actually earned that spot. Yes, um, not by default. <laughs> not by default. And they got pushed down the very next week. Literally, this isn't the order of our rankings. This is the order of what we watched. Yeah, and, and I don't so think... It's so weird. It, it is weird. I don't expect that to happen no. continuously. But, you know, through the first four, it's Well, we still have Sister of the Traveling Pants 2 to watch. Jesus, so I know. That'll break and the chain. she almost picked that for this one. And I oh, said, no, I was not like, that soon. I said, no, you know what? One year anniversary. Maybe we can open season two with that or something. Yeah, right. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not being a guest for that week. No. Oh yes, you are. <laughs> we'll we'll probably bring bring Krista back for I'm, that one. I, I might kill everyone. Here. <laughs> Chick fucks with dicks. Dave, have anything? Dave, to plug? you got anything to plug? 
Do I have anything to plug? Yeah. Oh, jeez, man. Isn't there something that like you run that raises charity for kids? What uh, is it? There's a thing. There's a project that I'm involved in, along with uh, your two fabulous hosts for this podcast. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, the organization that we run is called Rated M for Marathon, and we play video games marathon style to raise money for various charities. Uh, so far to date, we've raised over 20, 21,000 now. Almost 22. Almost 22. Uh, I have to do the math. I haven't done the math since the last one. Yeah. Uh, we do. Uh, we are working on another marathon. Uh, will likely be later this year. So keep an eye out for details on that. How do they keep an eye out for that? What, is there like a Facebook page you can look at? Oh, yeah. There's a Facebook page. Rated yeah. M for Marathon. Is there a Twitter? There's a Twitter. Uh, is there an also Rated M for Marathon, but the number four. Yeah. Rated M Instead of number the four, four Marathon. Yeah. Uh, we also have a website that mm-hmm. will get updated eventually. Once, uh, uh, <laughs> Instagram. Keep up with us on oh, Instagram. Yeah. Instagram. Also rated Instagram. M for Marathon. Google Plus, I'm assuming? Google Plus isn't a thing anymore. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Google pulled the plug. But, uh, yeah, so we will be working on that, and we'll have some details out for you guys soon on that. Uh, and then when we stream, we stream on Twitch, so you can also check us out there. Twitch.tv slash rated M for Marathon. We generally have somebody that will pop on every now and then for small little streams just to keep the the channel active and keep you guys engaged. But for the most part, we try to focus on one major event throughout the year. But, uh, yeah, thanks so much for having me on as a guest this week, guys. Absolutely. Thanks for coming out. Well, you've already pitched Rated M. I run a lot of the social media stuff for Rated M. We've got a new crew. We sort of revamped this last year. Uh, We're starting to... prepping our our discussions for what our next marathon is going to be i'll keep you updated on that again visit us uh twitch twitter uh, instagram facebook all that good stuff rated m for marathon there will probably be links with this video as far as we are concerned here at chick flicks with dicks be sure to follow us on twitter at chick flicks with dicks that's chick flicks with an x chick flicks with with dicks uh same thing on instagram and then, the, and we also have a Facebook page. Uh, we recently got our our actual logo all updated by the amazing Art by Quentin. Uh, highly recommend. I will also include links for him. He's done stuff not only for Rated M and for Chick Flicks with Dicks, but for a large group of uh, of us who, uh, some of our friends who have gotten married, he's done their wedding gifts as pieces of art. He's like His, a real life Millhouse. He really is. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> outside of that uh man I'm, I'm trying to think of what else i would highly recommend any baseball fans out there uh to go and onto netflix and watch the unauthorized bash brothers experience by the lonely island basically it's the lonely island spoofing uh, jose canseco and mark mcguire's relationship as the bash brothers back in the late 80s when they played for the oakland days in a rap album format a visual rap album format so it's about 35 minutes long but highly recommend you check it out i watched it the other night as a fan of baseball and the lonely island i fucking loved it could not come it could i could not have enjoyed it i could not come i could not have enjoyed it any more than i did so uh with that being said i think that's all i've got Dave, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Alex, thank you, as always, for being a wonderful co-host. Thank you very much for being a wonderful host. Can't wait to see you guys next time. Bye-bye.